Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We just welcome you into this space, and we just really hope that you have a really big takeaway that you walk out of here different than than the way you came in or the way that you were listening. Either either way, Uh, a big, big welcome. We're in a series called Mind Your Own, and we're talking about minding our own mind. It's, uh, it's the most incredible uh, invention, I want to say, that God ever made was the human mind. It's just rich with intricacies and mystery and, and power, and our whole world really goes the way that our mind goes. So if, if your thought life is down in the gutter, your world's down in the gutter. If your thought life is up and, and you, you're full of joy and faith, and then your life goes differently. It's the way that a person thinks. The Bible says, uh, as you think in your heart, so are you. And I think that's really important. Thoughts go down from the, from the mind to the heart. That's where we meditate, we incubate them, if you will, and, and then our life proceeds out of the abundance of our hearts. Well, what are you afraid of? I want you to think about this for a moment. Some of you are afraid of snakes. How many people think maybe a, the best snake is one that's uh, a, a plastic one or something? I was going to say a dead one, but no, people don't like killing snakes. Uh, I, I get out in the, in the surf out there, and sharks are probably something that I don't really like to think about. I like to think about here in Australia, we've got the shark nets, which catch whales, unfortunately. But uh, you know, sharks just terrify me. What about spiders? How many people are afraid of a good spider? And Australia's got the worst of everything. We got the worst, most poisonous snakes, the most poisonous spiders practically anywhere on the planet. New Zealand doesn't have any of the above. For for some reason, they didn't make it over there. So it's a safe place to go. Uh, It's actually where they filmed, I think, part of uh, one of the Indiana Joneses was these, they do have spiders, but they're not poisonous. so he's crawling around in this cave with all these spiders, but none of them will bite, and they're not poisonous. That's just not fair. Uh, but we're all afraid of something. There's probably things in our life that we would just rather not be part of. Maybe it's the dark. Maybe you're afraid of that. Maybe you like a scary movie because you just like being af- afraid. If you are, you're weird. Uh, it's just the way it is. I grew up surrounded by water. I grew up on an island, and, uh, and now fancy that, but we live on an island, not, it's not a big island, Kiwana Island kind of counts, I guess. It's, technically, it's an island, uh, but I, I grew up surrounded by water, and one of the biggest fears that I had was just being out there in the deep somewhere. There's just something about the deep. It's the unknown, it's dark, it's, it's something that that great expanse that's out there, it's very unforgiving. If you get it wrong, and you know if you're a sailor, uh, if you get it wrong and you're out there where you can't see shore, you better have an EPIRB. You better have a radio. You get out there where your mobile phone doesn't work. You get out there where you can't see land. And, and pretty soon uh, the waves pick up, the wind picks up, and you are in big trouble. It's a lot like life. Life is like that. It's the unexpected. It's the, the fear of the unknown that kind of grabs people. And there's always something in our lives. We're going to look this morning about how to be free from fear, how to overcome or 
uh, get freedom from fear, whatever that fear is, that whatever that, that thing is that you fear. And, and one of, uh, I believe, one of the greatest accounts in, this, in the scriptures it has to be the most frightening night that anybody could ever experience. And, and uh, we're going to go over to Mark chapter 4 in a moment, but Jesus is teaching his disciples all day, teaches them about uh, the parable of the sower. He teaches them about how the sower goes out and, and sows seed, and, and this is the way the kingdom operates, that uh, our thoughts are like seeds, and if we grab a hold of the word of God, these seeds get into the soil of our heart. They produce great things in the kingdom of God. But there are thoughts that produce fear. There are thoughts that produce wor worry. And, and they're kind of like weeds, and they get into the garden, and they produce something that we don't really want there, that God doesn't want there, that's not part uh, of the kingdom of God. He teaches them all day. They just have a good time. In fact, at the end it says he answers all their questions. How would you love to be on the seashore with Jesus, the greatest teacher? He knows, well, talk about a know-it-all. He really does. He knows it all. <laughs> and he's he's all-knowing. And, and he teaches them, and then he answers all their questions. Like, well, Q&A with Jesus. How good does life get? But with every classroom... In every teaching, there's always an exam. There's always a time to see if what you learn, you actually did learn it, and you're going to live it and walk it out. And it's in that testing, that crossing over from the classroom theory to practical real life that we often get called out. Most of us are heroes in the classroom. Most of us are experts in the library. Most of us can do the stuff in our head. But when the stuff really hits, the stuff that causes fear to rise up in our hearts, then we find out what's in our heart, not just in our head, and we have to live that out. Such is following Jesus. You get to step it out, you get to live it out, and usually in circumstances that are fearful that just uh, cause us to want to turn away. So in Mark chapter 4, and we'll just pick it up in verse 35, I would love to camp on this, spend a whole lot of time here, but we're just going to look at it from an aspect of fear again, freedom from fear. Verse 35, it says, that day when evening came, now again, that day was a long day. He taught them all day long, answered the questions about the kingdom and, and, and the sower and all of these things. When evening had come, so it's getting dark now. I want you to picture this. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, they're on the Sea of Galilee. It's no big deal. I've been there. You can pretty well see across to the other side. It's, it's a big lake. Uh, these, these men were familiar with that. Most of them were fishermen. They made their living that way. So going across in the night, it's not that big of a deal. But then it says, verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along as he was in the boat. There were also little boats with other boats with him, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So it's beginning to look a little bit like midnight. It looks a little bit like bad circumstances. It's like something here that is not common that's going to cause these men to think we are going to drown. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping. 
on a cushion. I love that. The waves, the wind, the water. He's probably getting wet, but he's so tired, he's so unworried about it that he's sleeping. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind, said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Verse 40 said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I want you to catch verse 41. They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. I don't believe it was the wind and the waves that made them terrified. I believe that it was Jesus and the command of him getting up and just saying, quiet, peace, be still. And it was. It was a terrifying night turned into a dead, quiet, calm night. Probably the stars were visible all of a sudden. Well, there's the moon. They could just hear a whisper. And they're frightened. I'm sure they would have been frightened of drowning. I'm sure they would have been frightened of the storm, and it would have been a big deal for sure. The fact that he was sleeping, I think it's like, how could he do this? They weren't expecting him, however, to get up and do what he did. They weren't asking him to make the whole thing go away. They did, probably didn't think that he could, to be honest. But what terrified them is, who is this? Who could, who could have command over nature? Who could do something like this? They hadn't seen most of the miracles that they would see as they traveled further on, on the road with Jesus. But this one here was like the, the most astounding thing to these fishermen. More terrifying than the waves, the sea, the wind was him who is in the boat standing there with them. Who is this? And they were about to transition where most of us need to transition from calling him teacher to calling him Lord. Oh, in a church setting like this, you're getting taught, and you might say, oh, Pastor Ed, you're a teacher, and thank you, I'm doing my best. Uh, Jesus taught me some incredible things today as I was meditating the Bible this morning. That's, that's fantastic. That's, that's the classroom, however. That's theory. That's learning how to fly the plane on paper. But it's different than getting behind the wheel, taking off, getting some rough weather, and having to land that thing. That's when you know whether you can really fly the plane or you just kind of, well, you know a little bit about aviation. This is something that all of us in real life get tested on, and it's moving him from from teacher in our life to Lord of our life. It's moving from someone that can teach principles of the kingdom and, oh, that's so good. The way he, he teaches everything in parables and, and unpacks this thing, and it's, isn't it just profound? 
we, I, love, I love the profound. But what I know is going to happen when I get to the profound is I'm going to get to step it out somewhere in real life to find out whether the seed actually got planted in the soil. Oh, it's easy to learn about forgiving people. Oh, yeah, you got to forgive. How many times? Seven times? Seven times? No, seven times seven. You've got 70 times seven. You've got you've to forgive them. Uh, oh, that's, that's good. I got it. I got it. Then, then you get offended. Here comes the storm. Here comes the test. Oh, I get the sowing and reaping. Yes, indeed. Here's some change in the bucket as it gets passed around. And, you know, bless, more blessed to give than it is to receive. And then you get an opportunity to be tested on that. Do you really know it? Do you really believe it? We're going to find out. Now, that was a terrifying night, but it's about to get way more terrifying. The crazy is about to get even crazier. It's nighttime. They're tired. They've already been through a life-threatening situation. Think about that for a moment. I've never been in that kind of a crazy experience out in a boat in the middle of a giant storm like that where the wind, where the waves were breaking over the bow of the boat. Everybody were going to drown. I've never been. Maybe you have. That's a crazy night. They would have been exhausted. Jesus was exhausted so much so that he's sleeping through the whole thing. They probably wanted to just get to the other side, get a fire going, maybe uh, have a nice warm cup of tea or coffee or whatever they drank back then, and go to sleep for goodness sakes. But this night, which was crazy, is about to get way more crazy. This night, which was frightening, was about to get even more frightening. So in Mark chapter 5, in, in verse 1, listen to this. Mark 5, 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat... <laughs> A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and had no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Talk about break every chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. I'm frightened of the dark in those kind of situations. The last place that I want to be on a dark night, when I'm, especially when I'm tired and have already had a hair-raising experience, is near a graveyard. <laughs> and the graveyard now has somebody that's walking through it that's the madman across the water. No uh, pun for Elton John there. If you know that song, never mind. <laughs> Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. And when Jesus saw, when he saw Jesus rather from a distance, he ran and he fell at his knees in front of him and, and he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, 
don't torture me. For Jesus had said, come out of the man, you impure spirit. When Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Now, a legion in the Roman legion was 6,000 soldiers. So you think about that. He's got 6,000 of these demons living on the inside of him. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Verse 11. I was going to call this message uh, the running of the pigs. You know, the running of the bulls in Spain. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, so they had about three of these demons each, if you do the math, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. You ever hear the saying, you know, when pigs fly or pigs will fly before that will happen? Pigs, pigs can't fly. They, were, they tried. I'm sure of it. They ran down the runway. Maybe these demons trying to get the pig to take off, but didn't work. The pig ended up in the water and drowned. In verse 14, those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. The people went out to see what had happened. In verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion. Now look at this change. Sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind, and get this, they were afraid. I'm amazed at that, that what terrified these pig farmers and that community, which made their livelihood, no doubt, on farming and, and pigs, that they weren't really terrified about the man that had 6,000 demons in him, but they were terrified about the man who cast out those demons and made this man in his right mind. I think about our, our community here, wherever you live, you know, your community. And if you had someone like that walking around, and maybe you do in the neighborhood, I would think, you know, here he comes again, get the kids inside, you know, we're ready. I would be terrified of that. I would be terrified if I were the disciples walking around a graveyard, seeing someone like that yelling and screaming and, and knowing that this is the guy we've heard about him, no doubt about that. Even chains don't hold him. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's strong. He can bust out of anything. Nothing can tame this guy. He's, he's so uh, evil that he's into just cutting himself with stones. And, and you just don't mess with this, with this dude. And I could just see that there's witch doctors, there's incantations, there's all kinds of magic spells try, going on. Probably this man became somewhat of a carrier of the demons from other people that, well, we'll let him be our scapegoat. We'll just put whatever's wrong with you into him. He'll carry that, and then you can walk free. And here he is walking around these, the, the graveyard in, in such a terrible way, and he gets totally delivered, totally set free. He's dressed up. He's in his right mind. And they're terrified of that. 
It's a little bit like the disciples. Again, you know, the, the wind and the waves would have been terrifying, but really terrified them <laughs> was the one that could command the thing to be calm. Your fears are like pigs. Pigs are selfish. Pigs are dirty. Pigs are stubborn. Anybody know anybody that's called pig-headed? They're called that for a reason. Your fears are like the running of the pigs. They will stampede through your life and destroy your life if you let them. I was in Fiji preaching before I hit the shores of Australia, so it would have been 1985. And I had the opportunity to go and preach on the Yasawa Islands, which are it's where uh, Blue Lagoon was filmed, and Castaway, actually, with Tom Hanks. Beautiful place, just ridiculous. They said, oh, would you go out there? There's some scattered churches out on those islands, and uh, they would just love a guest speaker. They can't get anybody, really. Would you go? I went out, took one of the longest boat rides ever because we're standing on the deck, everybody with all of their produce. It's the way they get from one island to, or the mainland to sell their potatoes or whatever they're selling. And then back on that boat, just took forever. And they said, oh, there's a fast boat, but it's a little bit more expensive. The slow boat will take longer, but you know it's half the price. Give me the slow boat. I didn't have any money. I wish I'd have taken the fast boat. Got out there and uh, was preaching. And I was, I was having a good time. We, uh, we had some good meetings. People from all over the place came to the little villages. And then they said, would you go to this village that's on the other side of the island? It's just a short hike up over. It's not really a mountain, but it's a big hill. If you go over there, they'll be expecting you. I said, yeah, I'll go over there for sure. And so I grabbed whatever I had. I started out. And it was a moonlit night. It was beautiful. It was an evening meeting that I had. I didn't uh, really was in no hurry. I'm walking up that trail and get to the top and I'd start walking down the trail. Now they had told me about the pigs in Fiji, that they were not just domesticated. They were wild pigs that had tusks that would rip a man apart. And the way that they would kill these pigs and they would, they would kill the pig and then eat it, obviously, is they would uh, make a vat out of, I think it was corn or some kind of, uh, could have been, I don't know, whatever they had, but it would ferment and the pigs would smell it, come down, drink it, get drunk, fall asleep, then they'd, they'd come up and beat them up and kill them and, that, and grab, them, grab a knife and stab them. And that's how they kill these pigs. But if it didn't work, if the pig woke up and you're trying to stab that thing, well, you're, you're in trouble. So I was frightened, you know, these pigs, and they were telling me these stories, and I'm, I'm walking down, I could kind of see the village in the distance there, I'm walking down, the trail was well lit because of the moon, and, and, and all of a sudden I heard, <coughs> and I'm like, nah, nah, that's, that's my imagination playing tricks on me. But then I heard more of it, and it, and it, and it was frightening, that's all I can say. I, I, Legion, you know, I've read that story already, you know, and, and this, this is like, there's, there's got to be a thousand of these pigs, and it's dark off the trail, and it's like they're somewhere in, in the bush, 
And, and I, I'll never forget, like, fright just overwhelmed me. My heart was just, like, pounding. I had my Bible. I had my little backpack. And, and I just took off running. Anybody notice you're a lot faster in the dark? Does anybody other than me know I can run really fast at night? Especially if I'm frightened, I, and, and going down a hill, I was, I was hoofing it. I was like going for it, really struggling to keep you know, my feet in front of me so I don't trip and fall over and lose everything. And the noise of these things got louder and louder. And I was frightened out of my tree. And I'll never forget, I came to this creek, and it was like normally you try to get through that creek without getting wet or mud or anything. Because I got a meeting, I got to talk to these villagers, and I've got my Bible, I'm trying to keep that thing dry and everything else. I, I, I could have walked on water, man. I just flew through that creek, just water everywhere, mud. Who cares about that? There's pigs are going to get me. And finally, I came to the village, and the sound of pigs was in the distance, and I calmed down. Kind of, I'm trying to get my composure. I'm looking for the pastor and people I was supposed to meet. And I'll never forget it because I, I introduced myself. He's looking at me like, wow, you look like you're absolutely frightened. And what's wrong? And I said, man, there's wild pigs back there. Uh, uh, you know, I escaped. I took off running. I, I, I was in fear for my life. And he goes, well, that's just Brother Tawai's pig farm. <laughs> The pigs were in a farm pinned up somewhere <laughs> off there. Fear. <laughs> the pigs ran in my head. I, I don't like pigs anyway. I don't eat a lot of pork. I watched a documentary on it once and it just showed no matter how much you cook that stuff, those little crawly things are the reason the Jews couldn't eat them. You know, you can't hardly kill them. You know, I like bacon, but make it crisp, thank you. Anything that's not overcooked, I'm not eating it. And Gail knows, like every Christmas, Gail's mom would cook this big uh, a lamb, uh, ham leg or something like that. And I'd get sick every Christmas. I'd think, I don't know what's wrong with me in my stomach. Like, we worked it out. It was, that, it was that ham thing that she was cooking. So we had to knock that one out. I don't like them. They're dirty. But it's just like thoughts that aren't from God, that try to get into your head, especially thoughts of fear. And, and I'll hit a pig. I mean, you know, a pig is going to attack. I was ready when I'm running down that thing. I thought, okay, I've got a plan here. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll find something. In fact, I did find something, a branch or something. And, and I remember just, you know, this is ready. I've got everything ready. They, they come at me. I, I'm going to hit that thing. I know I got animal lovers, and it's like, no, don't hit a pig. I remember a monkey attacked our, our son once in Bali, and uh, the thing was coming after him, and it stole his handkerchief. And then, you know, it was kind of like, and, I, and I, took a, I took a branch, and then this lady that was there, it was like a monkey park thing. She goes, no! I thought, oh, you care about my son? No, don't hit the monkey! I thought, lady, I will take the monkey's head off. He's going to attack my son. Like, he needs a face. Hello. I remember once down in Mexico, we, we camped on a cliff actually down there. And uh, went down. It rained. Had, it's, it's the worst thing. If you ever go camping and it rains, you know what I'm talking about. Everything was wet. 
sleeping bags, the whole deal. Built a fire. We're trying putting the sleeping bags there, trying to get the thing dry. Steam's coming off, but didn't know till morning that we were burning our sleeping bags. <laughs> Big holes melted through it. But trying to get a good night's sleep when you're soaking wet and it's down on the uh, on these cliffs down there. And these pigs smelled the food. And they attacked. I mean, they came from everywhere. These, they weren't big. They were runts, kind of small things. They didn't have the big tusk or anything. But they were just, like, so determined to get our food. And I remember just going, okay, these things aren't going away. They're going to rip into the tents. We put all the food in the tent. They're all coming after that. So it was like, put the food. And we put it on the back of my friend's pickup truck. And, and, uh, and then I had a big piece of wood. Because we're camping. It's cold. It's wet. I'm hungry. You are not going to get my food. And so they kept coming. And I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I just give them a little tap. Yeah, didn't on. work, man. I don't know what their skulls are made out of. But I ended up fully teeing off on these things, you know. <laughs> and they would still come back. They would just get stunned. And then here they come back for more. And I'm up on the pickup truck. And I'm like, can you believe these things? They are so persistent. Thoughts of fear will run through your head like a persistent pig, hungry to devour your dream, your future, your life. You won't enjoy the moments. How many moments have been stolen out of our lives because of selfish pig fear thoughts running through? Now, there are a couple words for fear in the, uh, in the Greek language that the Bible uses. One of them is uh, delia, which uh, d comes from the Greek word dios, D-E-O-S, which just means fear, fear terrified fear. Produces anxiety and stress. It's, it's not a good word. It's not used in a good way. Some people say, well, fear. Uh, what is it? F-E-A-R. Uh, means it's an acronym. Uh, False, evidence. False evidence appearing real. Okay, what if it's real? That brown snake, it'll bite you. That's real. Maybe you can stand on a cliff 150 feet up or whatever with a tiny little rope. And, and, and jump off. Maybe you've got a, uh, a, a T-shirt that says no fear. Well, well, good on you. I'm not like that. I don't stand on towers with a little rope and, and jump off and pay good money to do it. No, not in my life, thank you. <laughs> and what if it's a, 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 a snake, like a poisonous snake, but a real poisonous snake? And, and others, I was taught when I was a new Christian that Fear is the opposite of faith. No, it's not. Oh, if you have fear, you don't have faith. No, the opposite of faith is doubt and unbelief. Fear is in the middle there. Fear is actually quite normal. But when you partner with your fears, now that's when things get a bit crazy. Another word in the Greek language for fear is where we get, it's, it's phobia. It's where, we get, it's where we get phobia from. <laughs> and, and that's where you've partnered with these thoughts 
And the Bible says that there is a spirit of fear. It's where, it's not just something frightening like a brown snake. Well, you're right. Don't get fearful. Don't touch it. Don't pick it up. It's okay. God put that into you. God put a fear of heights in most of us so we don't do something stupid like jump off of there with a little rope paying 150 bucks. Like, <laughs> there's a certain amount of fear that you need as a protection mechanism in your life. But when you partner with things, especially pig thoughts, selfish thoughts, dirty thoughts, thoughts that are not or where God's not for you, thoughts that say that you're nothing, that God, nobody loves you, God doesn't love you, God caused that, he's trying to make your life difficult, he taught you that, now he's torturing you with that. When you partner with those kinds of thoughts, then it becomes a phobia, it becomes a spirit of fear. The Bible says this, that God has not given you or given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy, I think it's 1.8. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. You see, fear is a liar. Your fear is a lie to you. And when you agree with a lie, you empower that lie. When you agree with a liar, you empower that liar. I think it was Jack Hayford said this. He said, what would you do with a friend that lied to you as much as the devil lies to you? How would you treat that friend? He ain't no friend. I don't trust him. I'm not going to spend time with him. And when you nurse and romance your fears, and you let them hang around, and they're becoming a phobia in your life, well, that, that, that phobia will turn into a spirit of fear in your life, and it will run you clean off a cliff. It will destroy your life. So there is a solution to this. Again, we'll throw that scripture up there. I think I got it right. I think it's 2 Timothy. Here we go. <laughs> Just before we do that, there's two types of... Uh, 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 of, of fear. There's two Greek words, but there's two types. Num number one is the fear of man. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. So we say with confidence, Hebrews 13, 6, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can men do to me? The secondly is the fear of death, Hebrews 2, 15. And free those who all their lives we're held in slavery by the fear, their fear of death. So this thing becomes worry, distress, anxiety, tension, starts to get buddies. There are friends of phobia that you invite to your party whenever this thing turns into that type of a spirit. You're agreeing with your ab adversary. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Listen to the amplified version of this. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and sound judgment and personal discipline. I like this because we're, again, doing a series, Mind Your Own, and it's about managing our, our mind and our thought life sound judgment and personal discipline 
abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. You did not receive a spirit of fear. So these three things, number one, power. These are things that will give you liberty from fear, freedom from fear is the name of this message. Again, could have called it uh, when the pigs run. Number one, power. Power. Not just any old power. The word power there, dunamis, it's dynamite. It's miracle-working, explosive power of God. Power that comes from faith in God. Power that is greater than your fears. His power is activated through your faith. That's how you get this power, not through your strength, but through your weakness. God steps in because you've got trust in his ability and his power to run the pigs off. You've got trust in his ability and his power that that which you had feared, which uh, uh, has come upon you, that God is greater than that thing. I've got faith and trust. God said, go to the other side. We're going to the other side. He's sleeping. Doesn't matter. He spoke it out. We got into the boat. He's asleep in the stern. The waves, the, the, the whole terrible situation starts to beat itself up. But how, however, he, we, he, we, we taught, he taught us to not fear. He said, we're going to the other side, so we're going to the other side. I trust God so much that, that whatever it takes, we're going to end up on the other side. What has God promised in your life? What is it that God's given you right now? If you don't have any promises from God, you've got to read his book because he's got promises for health. He's got promises for, for calamity when it hits your life. The, the precious promises of God, all of his promises are yes and amen, and he, he backs it up with his power. Second thing that will run these pigs off is love. Greek word agape, many of you know that. Faith works how? By love. But the secret to love is to be loved by God, to know that God loves you. We love because he first loved us. Your first step of love is not towards people, but it's towards God. It's knowing that God loves you unconditionally. It's impossible to truly love other people unless you first know that God has loved you. So when they said, teacher, don't you care? What a slap in his face. I think that's what woke him up. If the wind couldn't wake him up, and the waves couldn't wake him up, and the wet couldn't wake him up, and the rocking of the boat couldn't wake him up, and the yelling of these guys, pull the sail down, row harder, whatever they were yelling didn't wake him up. This woke him up. Don't you care? Don't ever say that God doesn't care for you. When you're in the storm, God's there and he cares for you very much. But your fear will embrace something inferior, not his superior power and love. Who do you think you are? That's a, that's a voice that will rise up. I'm a king. That's who I think I am. I'm a child of God. I'm loved by God. You are loved by God. You are a child of God. You are a king's kid. God loves you unconditionally. You are the apple of your father's eye. You are the treasure. You most, he, is, he, he loves you so much that you are his most treasured possession. That's why Jesus went to the cross. You're accepted and not rejected. 
Listen to 1 John 4 and verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all, drives out all fear, because fear hath to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Notice that it doesn't say that, uh, that love casts out all fear. I read that once, and I was kind of like, oh. Yep, love cast out all fear. No, it actually says perfect love, or another uh, translation says complete love. When you're looking at him, you are looking at perfect, complete love. The only perfect and complete one is him. When you look at Jesus, there's nothing lacking. All of us are flawed. We don't love like we should. We don't have as much love as we'd like to have, especially for the unlovely. Perhaps the guy cutting himself in the tombs. Well, you know, I'm not going near that one. I hope there's some psychiatrists, some counselors. Maybe they can help the guy. We'll put a bit of food out there with, like we do with the dogs, put a pan out there for some, uh, you know, a bit of uh, water for the poor fella. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock my, my door tonight. But perfect love rocks up. Complete love rocks up in his world. Love that's had a bad night with the rest of them. He's tired. He's probably hungry. It's nighttime. But he walks up and he ministers to this man and he delivers this man. He sets this man free. Probably at the end, you know, has anybody got some spare clothes? Yeah, I've got some. They're a bit wet, you know, from the boat ride, but they'll do. And the guy's fully dressed fully restored in his right mind because perfect love, complete love himself, Jesus, shows up on the scene and perfect love. So what's your solution to fear? What is your solution to stop the pigs running through your head, these selfish, stubborn things, so you don't become a pig head? It's the only solution that God gave, his only son. Perfect love will cast out all fear in your life. So the series, mind your own, again, we're focusing on the mind. So the third thing, number one was what? Power? Come on. Number two? What's number three? A sound mind. You can have the perfect love. You can have the power. But the only thing that's going to keep you free from fear is soundness of mind. And we're going to pick that up next time around. I've got a lot to share on that, and I kind of have to weigh up in the middle of a message. If I go there, we're going to be there for another half an hour. If I don't go there, I can pick it up next week. The beauty of being the pastor of this church and not being a visitor that comes and goes is that I can do exactly that. However, next week is Father's Day here in Australia, so we'll probably take a little turn and then pick it up the week after that, and we'll, we'll talk uh, about sound mind when it comes to freedom from fear. I cannot wait for that. I hope that you're along for that ride. Pick up last week's message on YouTube and uh, Facebook as well. They're all there. Take notes and really share this if it's helped you. Share it with your friend. Like it and, uh, and be blessed. Amen. So we're going to pick it up next week with that one. But I want to pray for you. 
Because I know that people here or watching online are dealing with fear. It's a common thing, especially in today's society, with everything that's going around the world, all the rest of it. You need to have a place, a space where you shut that out, where you basically it's a no-fly zone for pigs. They're not going to get in my head or my heart. The power of God and the love of God, those two things right there will keep you focused on your mission here on the planet. And that's to deliver people the madmans of Gadara <laughs> equivalents that are out there. It's to love people with the love of God and pass that on. So I'm going to pray for you right now. And um, just if you'd like to just bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're watching online, if you can do that, you're not driving, listening to the podcast or something, you can close your eyes too. <laughs> I want to give you a chance to invite love to come into your heart. It's the biggest decision, the most important decision that you'll ever make is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you enjoy teaching, that's fantastic. You've got to cross over, however, from just Jesus the teacher to Jesus the Lord. I give him my whole life. So I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. It's not a formula. It's just a heartfelt prayer asking Jesus to come into your heart. So if you'd like to do that right now, just repeat this after me and mean it. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I'd like uh, everyone here to stand, and if you're watching online, you can keep watching because I'm going to pray for you concerning uh, fears. One of the things that Jesus said frequently whenever he would show up or an angel would show up was fear not, fear not. Because they'd often look at him and it's like, whoa. <laughs> the light that would come out of him and the you know, fire in his eyes and the power of his word would just cause something on the inside of a human being to go, whoa, whoa, fear not. You can trust him. He's got you. He has your best interest at heart. So no matter where you are, what you're going through right now, and I know we've got people in Africa, we've got people in the Middle East, we've got people in South America, the United States, here in Australia, all over the world, and you're tuning in. And your neighborhood may not be that safe and peaceful. But God's got you. God has you. And I believe by the power of God and power of prayer, He's going to show up in your situation, wherever you are, whatever you're facing right now. So I want you to just pray with me. I'm just going to pray for you. And I want you to just tap in. God has not given you a spirit of fear. The power and the love of God and the soundness of mind is what He wants for you right now. Father, I just thank you for every person that's listening via podcast or YouTube or however they're watching and listening. Lord, I thank you that you know. You know every pig that's trying to attack every person. And we agree together as a community, City Church, 
for every person that's facing these things, and many of them are not false evidence appearing real. Many of them are genuinely real. And we stand with our brothers and sisters, their families, their children, that whatever's attacking them, you are there, we are there. And we just stand with them right now. And we thank you, perfect love, come upon their situation. Power flow into that situation. Somebody that's sick right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Someone else that's just fearful for your work, for your job, your livelihood. I thank you right now. Come in, Lord, you are a provider. You provide richly in every situation. And we agree together right now. We agree together for you to be loosed from fear. Do not invite fear's friends, anxiety and torment and tension and worry into your life. We break that off. And we declare you free from fear and free to trust and have faith in God and watch your situation turn around. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.